I'm Marlo Higgins, and I've spent nearly four decades as an entrepreneur building boundaries around time and energy. I am captivated by stories of creating that mythical balance between priorities and success without the guilt and fear of missing out. I'm a to-the-point business coach that helps start a company, rebrand another, and launch my own. Now I'm running a thriving online brand with the white space in my calendar to spend time with my family, nurture my soul, and create an impact in our world. Are you dreaming of striking a balance between a thriving business and a joyful life? It is possible and it starts with you. Get out your field notes and let's tap into Peaceful Achievers, inspiring you to create a vision, level up your skills, and show you how to set boundaries that support the life you desire. This is 22 Minutes to Having It All. Hey, we have Lucas Root this week on this episode. I had a lot of fun with Lucas. Lucas and I have had numerous conversations. We've connected each other to a number of people. And this episode was made intentionally for you because there is an understanding. And and it's really interesting because dominantly for me as a coach in business, I've got this really bold maverick persona, right? That maverick is that unbridled, independent spirit with a lot of masculine energy. So about 90% of the clients that I serve or they're on the, the client roster and have been for over 10 years come from that dominant space. I do serve women, but the women that I serve are attorneys and doctors and very high-powered women who have to live in a very masculine, dominant space as well. So The reason I share that is because Lucas, as a male, he helps women see their power. And so we have this really cool conversation. A lot of it is grounded around flow and flow is the feminine energy. And it's no mistake that, you know, women have flow. All right. (laughs) But it's a really good conversation. Now, the one thing I think that's that's monumental, Lucas struggled with attention deficit disorder, so ADD. If you have that same issue, this is going to be a really good episode for you. Or if you have children, maybe, and you're trying to understand how their success ties into being attention deficit, because Lucas, for many, many years, I think 20 plus years, he lived with you know learning how to work his energy with ADD and the lack of focus into a really monumental circumstance. So, you know, he talks about instead of like medication, he talks about food and caffeine and fasting and how those play into helping him with his ADD. He's created processes that help him maximize his output, which is huge. And it really all feeds into our performance. And so, you know, he never felt that he could get there, but it was a combination of tools that allowed him to get into this understanding of flow and how it affects. I mean, it's powerful. So listen into this episode. I hope you enjoy Lucas as much as I do. You know what? Go a step further. Please leave us a review because that's only going to help us reach more people. And if you're liking what we're doing, get your circle of influence involved. So share the episode as you're getting out of the car right now, walking into the office, or maybe you're doing the remote and you're hopping on Zoom. Let people know that you just listened to the 22 minutes of having it all with Marlo Higgins and let's support more people in this space. So again, thanks for being an avid listener. Enjoy this episode with Lucas Root and I'll see you again next week.
All right. Welcome back to 22 Minutes to Having It All podcast. Now, today we welcome Lucas Root. And I'm excited because Lucas comes to us. He helps women see their power. We're going to talk about some flow and feminine energy and why men are so structured and really kind of what's behind all of this. So, Lucas, thank you so much for being with us today. Thank you so much for having me, Marlo. I'm excited. Yeah. Okay. So, you know, you're a performance junkie, just like myself. It's a good thing. But you've also struggled as an adult with attention deficit disorder, right? You have really learned at the core of how to manage it to its best. Give our listeners some background there as far as your ADD and how you've gotten into the space that you are today. First off, let me clean up some stigmas. While I am absolutely fully 100% diagnosed ADD, I know a lot of people who are not diagnosed and have the right symptoms and sort of self-diagnose and try to manage it themselves. And, you know, there are a lot of people out there that think that's not really the right approach. And I would say, look, if you have some symptoms that are showing up like ADD and working with your body, working with your psyche, your your internal chemistry in ways that are legal and safe helps you going down the path thinking that you're ADD and you can actually improve your life, well, then do that. I don't feel like my diagnosis is some sort of badge of honor. So I just want to clear that up for those of you who are out there like struggling with this and don't have a diagnosis. If what I'm about to share helps you, then who cares if you don't have a diagnosis? So first thing, and I'm so excited you brought up flow because that's a huge part of deepening your connection to your body and making it easier for you to deal with whatever challenges are showing up. So me personally, one of the challenges that ADD brings up for most of us is that your ADD, the way that it functions inside your body is kind of like task manager on your computer, where it will redirect the resources that you have in accordance with what it believes the ADD. And I'm thinking of it as like a third party here, what it believes are your priorities at any given moment. And So you might be sitting at your desk thinking that you want to be working and your ADD thinks that you need to be resting right now. And for better or worse, your ADD always wins that battle. It always wins that battle. (laughs) Is that? Because the way that we are programmed, you know, we think of biological beings as messy and we are, but we also have programming. You know, when we've designed machines and tools, we often design them the way that we sort of exist within the world. And the way that task manager works on your computer is the same way as it works inside of your body. And that is that we have higher priority things that we need to pay attention to, right? When we're walking around in the forest and we notice something moving, it has to distract us from what we're doing in order for us to be able to evaluate that as a threat. Makes sense, right? Powerful. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yes. And so we have this built-in task manager that allows our resources to be redirected in accordance with those priorities. And some people are better at saying, I don't want to be redirected than others, right? And that really is the core of the way ADD works, even in today's world, is I, me personally, and other people with ADD, we have less control over choosing not to be redirected. And it makes perfect sense. Again, in the forest, if something's moving, I have to pay attention to that in order to be able to protect my capacity to, you know, repopulate the world with humanity, right? If it's a bear and it comes over and takes a swipe at me and I die, then my bloodline ends, (laughs) Yeah. So you've created processes to help maximize yourself because you had 
the statement that I never felt like I could get there. Let's talk about that. ADD was 100% in control of me. And so what I've started to do is, and I'm well down this path at this point, I've started to pay attention to the times that I'm effective and the times that I'm not and look at it like an engineer. What was happening when I was effective? What are the things that I did that created the capacity for being effective? Look at the thing, the times that I'm not effective. What was happening? What are the things that created the capacity for me to not be effective? And it turns out that if we manage our biology effectively, and there are a bunch of different ways to do that. And of course, the easy answers are get good nutrition and get good sleep. And yes, do those things, but there's more. It turns out that when I manage my biology effectively, my capacity to stay on task increased exponentially. And that goes back to creating the capacity for flow, right? So strategies include creating routines. One of my favorite routines is something that I call greasing the groove. So pay attention to when you're really good at being creative and doing creative work. Most people have an energetic flow throughout the day. And this isn't just woo talking. This is pay attention to when you're being creative. And you'll notice you're probably creative in the same way most days day after day after day. So instead of trying to do administrative tasks during your creative time during the day, just set aside that time to be creative in whatever way supports your life, um, your career, your goals, right? And make that be your creative time. Now that could be writing up a strategy document, right? To me, being strategic is being creative. That could be putting together, you know, your book or the next press release that you're working on, which could be creative work, or it could be the more traditional creative outlets like painting or writing poetry or something like that. So whatever creative means to you, do the creative stuff during your creative parts of the day and pay attention to that. Well, okay. So we talk about the flow. So how do we get into that energy? So it's, is it kind of witnessing it, documenting it? And then realizing like, this is my wheelhouse. Like this is the time that I can get most done. I know when I was writing my first book four to 6am was my zone, mm-hmm. right? I would immediately just like easily wake up at four in the morning and I could just sit and I could write for two hours. It was just very simple by six, you know, it was out and there was an, an energy behind it. And I felt like I was really on point, but describe to us for somebody who's, but I'm also disciplined too. Okay. So that doesn't apply to everybody. How can we put those dots together and, and how do we get into that flow? So first, just start paying attention to when you're effective at at anything, anything at all, and keep notes. That was the first thing that I did this 20 years ago, and I still pay attention to this because it changes. Nothing is fixed, like biology changes. So I'm now more creative in the early afternoons. Five years ago, I was much more creative in the early mornings, just like you, Marla. Right. It wouldn't surprise me if five years from now, it goes back to the mornings, or maybe it goes to the evenings. I don't know. Like things will change. So we have to keep paying attention to this. That's number one. Number two, yes, there are things that you can do that make it easier to get into flow and to maintain that. Again, good sleep, good nutrition. Additionally, all of the things that you do leave an impact, right? So if you have a place in your house that you go to be creative, your body starts to recognize that you're in your creative spot. And so it makes it easier to get into creative flow. Similarly, if you have a place to go to be in your administrative work, your body recognizes that it's time to be administrative. Work with this as much as you're willing to do. If you have specific candles that you put into your creative spot and different candles that you put into your administrative spot, it seems silly, but clothing, 
light, the light that you use in your space and the change of that light from one space to another actually helps you get into that clothing too. Like I wear collared shirts when I'm in administrative stuff. I wear t-shirts when I'm in my creative work and I will switch in order to deepen the groove, right? Grease the groove of being able to get into the flow of that different type of work. So allows your senses to assist in guiding you. Yeah, I think that's very powerful. You know, certain music, certain smells, certain light. I think that's important. Now, there's another part of you too, like the food we eat, caffeine, fasting. Give us some take on that, Lucas, and how you have managed yourself, your ADD and your performance through those things. Everybody has a different tolerance for drugs in their life. And I'm not necessarily talking about illicit drugs. I'm talking about sugar and alcohol and caffeine, which are drugs and useful for whatever it is that we're using them for, right? Sugar is an amazing drug for telling you, believe it or not, most people think sugar makes you bounce off the walls. It doesn't. It actually tells your body to slow down. And there's a reason for that. Caffeine is an amazing drug. Because caffeine, most people don't think about it this way, but caffeine is a mild stressor. So it puts your body into a mildly stressful state. When you want to do administrative work, being mildly stressed is actually quite useful because it helps you to pay attention to details. When you want to do creative work, being mildly stressful is actually bad. It takes you out of your creative flow. What you want to be is in a brain space that is free of stress. So I find that I love my coffee, really love my coffee. But what I find is that I have about an eight hour span of mild stress from the coffee. So if I drink coffee early in the morning and I know I'm going to be doing creative work that day, I don't touch coffee for the rest of the morning so that it will wear off by noon and I can move into my creative work in early afternoon, which right now is where my body is flowing. Interesting. When I'm in the other schedule, a couple of years ago, when my creative energy flowed more in the morning, I wouldn't touch coffee until 11 a.m. Now, coffee doesn't affect my sleep. I'm one of those people that gets to drink coffee at dinner and go to sleep at 9.30, and it's no problem. So I enjoy my coffee. I use it only when it's a valuable tool to me, and I don't touch it to do things like creative work. Interesting. Okay. So now here's another thing too, Lucas, like, you know, you talk about flow, you talk about, there's a level of feminine energy that goes with flow and and you do help women see their power. How did you define that? And what is it that makes you different in that space when you're helping women see their true power? What does that even mean? That's a fun one. And it's something that's just like everything else in life. It's still evolving in my world. You and I had an amazing conversation about this while we were sort of prepping for this. Flow is the energy of getting into typically creativity, but it doesn't have to be. I mean, we get into flow when we're, believe it or not, most people don't think about this, but we get into flow when we're having sex. Really great workouts, you tend to be in flow while you're doing the workout, right? So if people who love going out and getting their runner's high, a lot of times they get that runner's high because they get into a flow state. It's moving into that creative state where your brain gets to start putting together pieces and making connections and building ideas. One of the things that I like to talk about, and this is a little bit edgy, right? One of the things that I like to talk about and that people are starting to become more comfortable with and more familiar with is that there's an energy of fixed structure and there's an energy of flow. When I move into my energy inside of me, when I'm moving into my fixed structure energy, that tends to be administrative. That also tends to be very masculine. 
working out is very masculine. It's fixed, it's structure. Going hunting, you have to be able to combine the two. And I talk about hunting a lot because that is a quintessential human animal activity, not so much modern human civilization activity, but it's a human animal activity. Going hunting, we had to be able to combine both because we're using tools, we're using a strategy, and we're integrating in the moment tactics. And a lot of times people think about those things as purely masculine energy ideas, but they're not. In order to be good at bringing an in-the-moment tactic into your life, you have to be able to access flow. You have to be able to open your brain up beyond the one little task that you're doing and see the whole picture. And that's very feminine. Yes. Okay. And you and I talked about this because I said I tend to run in that dominant space. Mm-hmm. Um, and again, it's it's that energy, it's bullet point style, it's get to the point. A lot of times, you know, I find, you know, women are much more emotional. There's just a different energy, but I'm just kind of like, I vibrate at a higher frequency in that male dominant space mm-hmm. and you work with the female. So that was kind of the yin yang there. How do women, like they resonate from you? Like, why are they seeking you out specifically? Is, is it the thing that they're learning about themselves that they don't know? Or is, are you more of a validator, Lucas, in that space of teaching them you know, how to be efficient and productive? Ultimately, a little bit of both. Most people don't spend time with me if they're not learning something from me. And and that's fine. <laughs> right? We don't want to be in the room if we're not meant to. That's right. But um, there's an awareness. And I think for me, when I work with leaders, male leaders, they need to learn how to transfer some of that knowledge and connectivity mm-hmm. of like communication styles and all of those things. So they can be full-bodied leaders and really see it from different vantage points. Yeah, 100%. The women that I work with tend to look to me because they haven't had strong, open male role models in their life. And that's not to say that their father or their brother wasn't valuable to them. And I'm not trying to be judgmental with this, but a lot of men are not open to flow. Right. Why do you think that is? I mean, you stated that men are very structured, but is there an openness to it or is it just a lack of awareness around it? It's both. As we become more aware of the value of flow and opening ourselves up both to our emotions and the emotions of other people and to the value of having that as part of our life, people are starting to become more open. As we were less aware in past years, decades, we were less open. And I accept that. And we just need to have people that are pushing that envelope forward. And I happen to be one of them. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Okay. So Lucas, and this is kind of where I want to take to the, you know, an anchor in this conversation is all the things you've talked about performance and flow and everything. How do you work best from home? I know that's a core asset of yours is teaching people how to work from home. Can you give us some knowledge in that space as so many things have changed Office structures look different. More people are working from home. Where's the power there? It's a funny juxtaposition to the conversation we're just having about, you know, opening up and being more flow. For me, creating the capacity to be productive comes from really deeply ingrained structure. Now, again, I'm paying attention to how things change because I know I'm a biological being and things are going to change, but it's the structure that creates the power for me. So I have a fixed morning schedule with a a fixed morning routine that I do at 5 a.m. every single day, no matter what, every day. And that kicks off my day. And from there, I continue. And this is where the flow comes into that structure. I flow through the structure and that creates that power, that capacity to handle anything that comes day after day. So I first start with that really deep, well 
well-oiled machine of a structure that I build for my days. Okay. How easy is it for others to apply to that? Because I think it's always like, okay, that's what, but now it's how, (laughs) you know, (laughs) how do I build it and simplify it? I know we do the 30, 60, 10 method within our brand, which is, you know, we focus on three things every day and it's a full bodied approach to a percentage of time that we do it. That's how I get into the flow. That's how I help my clients build that flow of understanding what I need to do and match it to an amount of time to do it. And then we can measure it. We can you know, tweak it, pivot it, omit it if necessary. But do you have a tip or a pointer for somebody on how to structure for themselves? I do. We tend to think of our days in hours. And, and I would caution against that. Start thinking of your days in half hours. Look up the Pomodoro Technique. Pomodoro is an amazing technique that allows you to focus for 25 minutes and then take a five-minute break so that your brain can sort of rebuild, restructure itself around the activity that you're working in. Most people think, if I get into flow and I stay deep in flow, I'm probably going to do better. For the first maybe 30, 35, 40 minutes, that's true. After that, it stops being true. And you pay a price for the extra amount of time beyond about 30 minutes that you stayed in. Now, maybe that's okay. You get home at the end of the day, you collapse onto your couch, you spend two hours watching TV, and that's part of what you like to do. And you're paying for that productivity overload that you had during the day. But maybe that's not okay. Maybe you want to spend time with your kids or with your wife or husband. So if you're not looking to collapse onto the couch, then you need to start thinking of your day in terms of half hours. There's a reason why TED Talks are 18 minutes. Our brain is ideally powered around staying productive and focused for somewhere around 18 to 25 minutes. So cut off your productivity at 25 minutes, take a five minute break, get back into it. That will make you so much more productive. It's ridiculous. Just that. Yeah. Chunking it down. Well, this is fascinating, Lucas. I mean, we could keep going. We're coming to the close. How can we learn more about anybody who's listened to this conversation? They're inspired by it. They want to connect with you or learn more. Where can they find you? I'm very active on Instagram. I'm just about to start up a YouTube channel. You'll be able to find me some on there as well, but YouTube's brand new for me. So Instagram is the place to find me. And I post stuff like this all the time there. Fantastic. Oh my gosh. Lucas, thank you. This is just enlightening. Thank you for your time and energy today and on this podcast episode. So I know there's huge value in this. So thank you. My pleasure. Thank you, Marlo. You can also find more details in today's show notes about Lucas and also on our website at marlohiggins.com. Thank you for listening and have an awesome rest of your day. This is Marlo Higgins, your host and coach for having it all. Did you enjoy this conversation as much as I did? If you're looking for more conversations like these, be sure to subscribe and please leave a review of the podcast. Subscribing and leaving a review helps it show up on your phone every time a new episode is released and leaving a review helps other people like you find us so they can get the help they need so they can live their best life. Also, subscribe to our weekly email on our website at marlohiggins.com. This is the place that we share insider tips with our audience and drop polarizing insights with you. Remember, the road to success is better with friends. So be sure to share this episode to help all of you reach your goals together. Thank you so much for listening. And remember, success is universally desired, personally defined, and always within reach.